Hey everyone and welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 151. Today we are being joined by Dave Hansen, uh, myself, Luke, and we got Cody. Richie is not able to make it, unfortunately, and Graham will be joining us in a couple minutes. He's running a little bit late. Surprise, surprise, Graham is late. Who would have guessed? <laughs> hey, I tried to do a decent enough job on the intro, but something tells me he's not going to pick up on the outro. Hey, you didn't fuck it up, which, like, you know, you didn't mess up which number it was, and you pronounced his last name right. I'd say you're doing better than Graham. Hey, yeah, I don't think the listeners will, but, uh, <laughs> so, Dave, um, we've been talking for a little while already. How you doing? I'm Where doing you out right. of? What? Like, um, what part of from? the country are you from? Oh, so I'm smack dab in the middle of Illinois. I don't think you get it any more middle. <laughs> Good old corn country. Yeah. Well, so if you want, just uh, start out with just telling us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into wheeling? What are you currently driving? All that kind of jazz. Uh, so I, I mean, typical Midwesterner. I got into wheeling in high school, just back roads and finding mud with my friends in uh, my Z seventy one, and uh, quickly learned that that's that's not for me. But uh, right after high school, I joined the army. So I was fortunate enough to go down to Georgia and then uh, up into Washington State. And when I was in Washington State, I got into, into wheeling pretty hard up there uh, for the times that I was there. That was sort of slim at that point in time. Um, but I had a uh, 93 Forerunner that had been solid axle swapped and you know, basic, basic shit, 37s and, you know, long field shafts and nothing, nothing too spectacular. But I guess back then it was, they were pretty cool. Um, but I sold that once I got out of, out of active duty and, uh, came home and I've had all sorts of rigs. I've had XJs. I had a VJ with a 392 stroker on 37s and, um currently i was the 392 i don't really want to go super far into it but like i'm just curious because that's a different choice than the l you know ls and all that well it was not a hemi 392 it was a borden stroke 318 magnum yeah that's what i figured when you said zj yeah so their hughes performance is extremely local to me within 20 miles um so they had everything. So it had engine quest, iron heads, you know, it, it wasn't super performance, but it was enough to, to break pretty much everything. And I was on a high pinion 30 and an eight, eight and everything was chromoly. Um, you know, I could, you know, I could say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to break a shaft and, you know, immediately break a shaft. So, um, that got sold. The ZJ got sold. I had a CJ seven for a long time. Um, and it was on forties and everything else. And I just wanted something different. Um, I had the CJ while I was building my bouncer. Um, I've got a whole work copy, basically, um, chassis that I built and it's got a, uh, it's a straight ethanol rig. Um, that scares uh, the fuck out of me. 
Yeah. Ethanol, ethanol is just, it's not methanol, it's ethanol. So it's just, it's Everclear, basically. It's just corn gas. Okay, yeah. Oh, I was thinking, oh, no, yeah. it's, it's, e like, it's yeah. like E85 without, you know, it's E100, basically. Yeah, that was, um, that was a brain fart there. I did too. Don't worry, Luke. I was with you. I'm like, brother, what? <laughs> That's terrifying. Clear fire. Hell no. <laughs> no, this is this is bright blue fire. Um, oh, okay. So it's very visible. You know when it's yeah, happening. <laughs> yeah, but it's got it's a Whipple Charge 408, and Jeez. I've got. I mean, it's my daughter's college fund that I have wrapped up into that, and it just sits in my shop. I, every time I take it out, it's minimum three thousand dollars because I wad it up. Oh man. Um so um the last time I what what did I do? I broke a shock shaft, a 1480 drive shaft, um the yoke on the 14 bolt and the atlas. Um ripped my truss off off the 14 bolt and it was <laughs> off the tra it was off the trailer for an hour and a half. So I mean, um, how hard are you fucking hill killing this thing? I was playing <laughs> in rocks was the problem. So I over I overextended and got a tire and an undercut and well I got a thousand horsepower. I'll just power through it. And the front <laughs> the front end powered through, the rear end did not. And, oh, no. uh, oh. So so at that point the CJ was done. I had broken the frame on that. A few times when I was sick of cobbling that back together. So uh, I'm pretty notorious for buying somebody else's rig and then just completely tearing it apart and dumping more money into somebody else's rig than I could have built one myself. Um, that is I, the one downside to buying stuff. Yeah. I mean, but. I'm not going to, like, I'll buy something looking at the parts list. You know what I mean? I'm not buying a rig just because I like the rig. I'm buying a rig knowing that I'm going to have to do a ton of work to it. But if yeah. it's got good bones but terrible execution, I'm good with it. Um, but I bought my Ranger, and it was solid axle swap Ranger, uh, Dana 44 front, 10 and a quarter in the rear. Um, it had some magnesium Brogue Warner, uh, transfer case in it, T18 and a 302. Well, the 302 was carbureted and, uh, I'm not smart enough to know how to mess with carburetors. So, uh, I put it on propane and I did some suspension tweaking and everything else, bought a set of 38 inch. Mickey Thompson Pro XS's. Those tires fucking work. Yeah, they, they work too well because first time I took it out, I broke the Dana 44 housing in half. How like, do you blow a housing up? I, I don't know. I'm hard on parts, apparently. Um, but it, it pulled the tube. It pulled the, tu the, the short tube out of, out of the housing. So wow. I did that. I ended up buying a 78 F250 Dana 44. So it has half inch wall tubes. I did Chevy outers, chromolies, obviously, since I was running 38s. 
an Eaton E-Locker, and then all wide open designs, uh, aluminum link on the steering and just hydraulic assist. Um, so did you but, run that hydro assist with just like one of the clamp style mounts? I did. I did. I need, I bought a TMR mount, um, but it pushed on the tie rod and sort mm. of made tie rod. So I, I, that thing is going under the knife here before too long. Um, that core event that Chris was talking about last week, I brought that rig last year. I broke the passenger side frame rail right at the, uh, right at the firewall. Uh, tried ripping the, the axle off the, uh, spring perch on the, on the driver's side of the front axle. Um, and then somehow, Oh, I, I, to backtrack, I ended up putting a Magnum box and a Ford MP two Oh five in it. And it's five thirty eight gears front and rear. Um, but somewhere I had, uh, it's bound in low range in the two Oh five. I can't get it to shift out of low range in the two Oh five. Um, That's a good one for Graham because he yeah. fucking deals with 205s exclusively. Yeah. It seems yeah. like because he's not smart enough to just go buy an Atlas. <laughs> Honestly, 205s are stronger than Atlases. Uh, way to Graham steal my thunder. Love, I was going to say, Graham would love you. That sounds. And, he, and they're a million dollars cheaper. Hardy, har, 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 har. I, I don't know. I've got a ton of money in this 205. Um, yeah, they're really not that much cheaper in the end. So I, I'm pretty fortunate. There's a guy down here that's maybe 60 miles away from me that does nothing but build 205s. He'll build them for pulling trucks and all sorts of shit. So once I got the Magnum box and everything else, I just brought it to him and just gave him money. And he went through everything. And I told him, I'm like, listen, I want to beat the shit out of this thing. So all I really got to do is pull the 205 and Magnum box out and bring it to him and he'll fix it. It's under warranty. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, it needs to come in the shop. I need to pull the, the tens off the, off the front and just cut the frame rails. And I'm just going to bend, bend up some tube and stub in uh tube front frame rail, um, get rid of all the leaf springs. And uh, probably triangulate or trying upper triangulated four link in the front, and uh, probably just some sixteen inch either air shocks or or coilovers, um, and just put it back together like that because the the rig works um, extremely well. It's just needs a little bit more suspension because um, I'm old. And uh, leaf springs beat the shit out of you. So, um, yep, leaf springs the, are in fact for the pores. Honestly, it's I I like making you know checkbook built rigs look like bitches with a clapped out Ford Ranger on. I mean, there's something to be said about leaf springs. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Cody. I was just about to say. Nothing is cooler than seeing a full leaf spring build 
do something that like you know just making something look easy or like actually like watching it fully articulate and like really using that leaf spring suspension like it like something so simple in a leaf spring rig could look way cooler than a full linked out uh ori rig i don't know to me there's a uniqueness that i do enjoy but then it's also like what are you fucking doing link that thing so it can actually perform better so it's like i'm on both sides of that i will say that um in leaf springs defense a leaf spring rig with a good driver on a good tire can do a fucking lot and also leaf springs on the opposite end of like you know front or rear when the other side is linked it can make really bad suspension seem a lot better so if there's something kind of oh, like a absolutely. Cherokee, you know <laughs> it makes it makes an unstable rig extremely stable um because that's i mean my cj that was the first real time that i attempted to link anything and i didn't put anything on the calculator and honestly none of the rest of my rigs i put anything in a calculator none of them but <laughs> now i know now i know theory like okay link separation and everything else let's i'll just throw it in and it works you know both you know my toyota buggy that we haven't even gotten into yet and the bouncer both have rear sway bars and i think that's just given a little bit more driver comfort you know you're you got something stuffed it sort of keeps the body level yeah um, when I hit the point where I redo the rear on mine, I want to mount the sway bar to the axle and then just run up to the tube. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. If, I if agree. you get that way, that is the way to go. I um, think... Sorry, God, sorry. But I tried... I, I, that was my plan on the bouncer. I just couldn't package it with my links. So... That makes sense. I can get away with packaging it on mine because of how much link separation I have. I can just go under the links. Or you could go from the back. I could Not go from the back, but if I mount it to the front, it'll be a little bit easier with the um, getting the clearance and then just run them forward and up into the cab. That's a fair point. I don't know. It, the rear, like putting the sway bars behind the axle, always gives me a cool, like, pre runner vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're watching that rear suspension work, you're just I'm seeing. I'm just scared of railing the fucking thing. Yeah, but if you keep it in line, like, you know, like, I don't know. I guess that's a fair point. I guess that's a fair point. Like, hmm. everything under my rig is bent. Back there. Pardon? Yeah. It's a lot of low hanging fruit behind the axle. If you're, you're talking about running the arms behind the axle right yeah so like still mounting the actual end links to the yeah, it would be sway bar end links right or just sway bar links yeah. i guess down like keep it in line and mount them to the top but then having the actual like pivot point on the body behind the axle because you know oh, like on the Cherokees, yeah. how it flattens out for where the old bumper like used to mount i feel like it'd be nice and easy to just be able to like fucking fully go across and then just put like a skid under it so that we don't have to worry about shit jamming up in there but i mean either way, i think it'll work perfectly fine um it it's definitely gonna help and then also i'm gonna do the same thing i did in the rears with the uh spring rate adjusters and i'm gonna run 300s as my lower spring so should be able to get it tuned up pretty nice yeah your if you put sway bars on yours i think you would find a significant bit of like i wouldn't say performance 
but I'd say body comfortability with it. Like, I think you would find that your body would stay so much more level and it really, I mean, it doesn't really fuck with the flex all that much when you're no. going to like, when you're actually going to a proper sway bar setup, like all it really does is just keep the body from just falling a little over. More. The only thing about that though, is it does center the body over the axle. Which sometimes can feel a little weird. How so, if you don't mind me? That seemed like an odd statement. Well, like, I notice when I crank down on the adjusters, um, I'm not saying that it's perfectly comparable, but now that side doesn't compress the same way, and it kind of, like, feels like it pushes the body, so I'm thinking that I'd have to run front and rear to get the full effect. That's a fair point, kind of, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, just like with a TJ, if you pull, like, on the stock suspension setup, you pull one of the sway bars off, the, it, you know, half the uh, performance from that sway bar, but, but I don't know, because I feel like it almost give you the same effect of when you had the leaf springs mildly, because you're not going to get the same rigidity that you used to have, granted, because yours didn't move in the rear whatsoever. Oh but no, we'll figure it out. It'll be future. fine. It's gonna what help. What are you running, Luke? I'm not running one yet. I was looking at just mounting an anti rock on the axle. Honestly, for the money, spend like the extra eighty bucks and get a TK one racing. Okay, I heard um, Curry's Curry setup is pretty sweet too. They're they're the same as uh, well. They're the anti rocks. The, the problem they? with Curry's is the arm, like you can get steel arms or aluminum arms. They just fucking bend. I've got a Curry on the Toyota, and uh, I I haven't bent an arm yet, but they just fucking bend. And you call TK TK One Racing. You say the weight of the rig. You say you know, okay, I got sixteen inch travel, um, shocks in the rear. Blah blah blah. They will set you know set you up with the right spring rate bar. They'll set you up with the right right length arms and everything else. You That's know, pretty sweet. Not, yeah, and dude, honestly, they are not. I don't think they're any more expensive than an Annie Rock. I, I really don't. So, yeah, I mean, the devil. Hi, Graham. Hey guys, sorry I'm so late, but I'm here. Hey, you're in for a riveting discussion about anti-rocks right now, so... Oh, perfect. Uh, you know. Oh, know. dude, if you guys need uh, monster truck sway bars, they have them. Hell yeah. That's sick. <laughs> That's yeah. actually... Oh, TK, TK1 Racing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, their rock crawler kit is 400 bucks. That's actually That's not, not terrible at all. Um, the Annie Rock ones, if you go right off their website, you're looking at $700. So, that's, uh, it's even cheaper to go with the TK ones, and if it's a better product, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with that. I'm not saying I'm doing it anytime soon, I was just saying that in the future, when that rear end comes off of my rig, that's something that's up for consideration. I mean, you but. could put one in now, and it would behave better, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I don't have any complaints about how it behaves, though. I know you don't. I do, though, as a as a spectator, which means nothing. But <laughs> well, what's it do as a spectator? Body it just, flops. It just flops around everywhere. 
which I feel like doesn't... It's not hindering you as long as you're used to it, but... So that's like kind the of the point. characteristics aren't amazing. That's the point that I was getting at, where I don't think it'll affect the performance. It'll just give more driver comfortability, but if you're already used to it, then it's really not going to fucking matter all that much. Um, if you're... I'm also lowering it, so... Surprise, surprise, oh, Mr. Lowcog. <laughs> I was just going to say, Mr. Lowcog is going Lowcog. Who would have thought? <laughs> what do you mean I can't go to the unibody at this point. I'm, I'm going to push It'll the twist. front axle give you forward. More flex. <laughs> With the front axle push further forward when it gets dove-nosed, it'll get me closer to the uh, crank pulley, so I'll be able to lift the front axle up more, and I'm going to coilovers, so I figure I'll make use of the full travel with Hydro. How much more are you actually going to gain? Probably another two, three inches. Mm, is there that much of... I don't think there's... Maybe two inches between the bottom of the pan and the crank. Now, the there's... big question is, though, if you went with ORIs, you wouldn't have to worry about limit straps, sway bars, and or bump stops. Now, would that save you the money from going with your Pro Fender coilover? I feel like that's fake it's... news. It's not, though. That is literally one of, the, that is one of the selling points of why people love ORIs is because they're the big three in one. Yeah, you don't you... need limit no, straps no, no. on a coilover, but you'd be wasting your money when it blows up. Uh, you don't exactly. need bump stops on your coilovers, but oh you're going to be gosh, wasting your money man. when it bends. Well, the thing that I do kind of like is the tunability, right? Because... If you're running an air bump, you can adjust the pressure in the air bump. If you're running coilovers, you can change the shim stack. I don't feel like I need to, but maybe. Um, and then you can change the fill level and the pressure level, plus the springs. There's enough adjustment there that like you can do whatever you want. I believe ORIs are fully adjustable the same. But then again, I already know how to rebuild a coilover. I don't know how much. I haven't pulled one apart. But like a dirt bike coilover, that's super simple. If it even semi crosses over, then I got you. But I'm just currently looking up because I didn't want us to sound too stupid here with how much adjustability you do get out of an ORI because I know there is a ton, but I could not answer you if it's the same as because you can just pull. Well, pulling the springs is a lot more difficult, let's be honest, with a ORI. But yep. I wanted to. But for well, me. Just in my case, the simple biggest negative is how bad Curtis's and some of the other rigs I've been around act different when they get hot. My coilovers and, don't change. Well, Curtis is just bad at... His coilovers are bad. He has or ORIs. His ORIs he, are bad. When was the last time you heard him doing an oil change on his rig? Okay? How much maintenance is that guy doing? Let, let, let's be honest here, okay? That's a good point. When was the last time Curtis changed his oil? He probably has had blown seals on his ORI since the day um, he bought them, and then just keeps wiping them down with his. No, he rebuilt them a the... couple times. Okay, so you're telling me we're trusting Curtis with rebuilding them? Oh boy, now we're really getting into it. I'm just teasing, by the way. I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm not gonna throw too much shade at Curtis. I don't know how much he actually does with his. Um, I haven't seen him rebuild them in a while, but I remember <laughs> when he had to re or repressurize them. Every, Every time, time he put it, it on the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Also, like, watching XJ Mike set up and a couple of the other rigs that I've seen on them. Eh, I like my coilovers performance characteristics. No, you're good. I was just trying. I was more 
I wasn't trying to t take a whack at your coilover idea. No, I was I wasn't. kind of running off of the sway bar conversation into coilover yeah. X kind of conversation, but no, I was just explaining why, like, even though the ORIs come with all that, I like the other option. But tuning all that in the ORIs isn't isn't as easy as people think. Good point. You, you know what I mean? Seventy five percent of the ORIs that you see on the trail are tuned to shit. Yep. Because they're a pain they either in the work ass. and ride like shit, or they ride nice and they don't work worth a fuck. They'll unload whatever. Yep. It's it's so much easier to set pressures on bumps, adjust your spring rate, adjust your preload. That in my in my honest opinion, but that's just me. I mean, there's hundred different ways to build a rig. So yeah, I'm just. Particular What's that saying life. about eating a cow or skinning a cow or something like that? Eating an elephant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there's like a hundred different ways to eat an elephant or something. I don't fucking know. Maybe I should go back to school. No, that's you're only supposed to take. You, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. No, it's not, that's yeah. there's a hundred different ways to skin a cat. Th that's <laughs> the one. That's thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's <laughs> gruesome. But yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but. But no, I mean, honestly, one of the biggest selling points to me is just like 30, 20 minutes of go fast and your ORIs are useless. Like that, that right there is enough to be like, yeah, I don't even want to look at them. Or even for Luke's sake, who likes to, you know, be Bob Skiddly dad down the trail and 20 minutes of doing that. And then he tries to go into a black and his shit's just not working. Well, that's, well, that's what useful. I was just saying with Curtis. His yeah. shit does that. And like when we were out with just the two of us at the Web Wheelers Ball, uh, when we stopped and we talked with Tim uh, Gibson forever, his rig worked so much better after it cooled off. Yeah. But there is one car in Ultra 4 that is running ORIs. Does he have, like, isn't he running like custom resis though? I was just about to say, is he running they're, custom resi? They're, they're a resi ORI. Um, but they have Jensen Brothers in their corner. Like when they were at Hammers, Jensen Brothers came out and put strain gauges and you know heat marks and all sorts of shit all over those when they were trying to tune their suspension. Um, so Ian Boyce, um, who's another local guy to me, um, He's on that race program. He races golf carts uh, for that race team. But it's, I mean, they apparently they work, but I don't know how well they work because they're the only car that I know of in Ultra 4 that is using them. So, I mean, take that for what you will. They like yeah. them, but nobody else is using them. So. No, I, mean, uh, I don't know. Either way, I think that they have their purpose for some people. If you have them, good for you. But yeah. uh, I don't know. That, <laughs> it would be cool to have them like anodized pink for like fucking breast cancer month. But like, that's all I got. You could just spray paint your shitty pro fenders and you'll be good to go. Not your shitty, but like, never mind. Yeah, that's supposed to be a, that, that was supposed that, to be that a hurt. vast. It was supposed to be a vast statement, but it felt very directed. And I'm no, sorry, they're, not, <laughs> they're shitty pro fenders. <laughs> I'm my well, they were shitty rig. until I took the green tape off of them. 
that he's had on there for about three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. King with your upside down puck. I I painstakingly scraped that tape off, by the way, and it's been on there for so long it was like just hardened (laughs) onto that thing. I sat and and scraped it off. There's some of that green tape stuck to my roof, and I don't have any plans on removing it. (laughs) What green tape? The fucking painter's tape? Yep. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, it's great. I, I noticed that when I was welding in the A's today. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, painter's tape's supposed to come off easy, but it, you know, when you leave it for, for three years. Yeah, I was gonna say, when you leave it, it don't come off easy no more. Oh, shit. All right, let's get back to Dave. Sorry, Dave. We, we <laughs> pulled away so hard, went on its crazy ass tangent. Um, so do you, so the CJ, is that completely retired now, or like what's, playground at a uh an apple orchard now it's That's gone. amazing so a buddy of mine his dad worked at an apple orchard or owns it i don't know the whole story of it but i put it up for sale on just marketplace and my buddy called me hey you know you want to work a deal sure so i sold it for like the just the body and the frame for like Tell 600 me. bucks and it was, oh, I was gonna say, I was hoping it was gonna be some like nineteen, not even like sixteen hundreds deal where it's like we'll give you two hundred bushels of apples for the next twenty years if you give us this vehicle. <laughs> no, uh, but I think it was six hundred bucks. But they some somehow they got some big flotation tires off of like a wheel loader or something and built a platform eight foot in the air. And just set the body on. So there's kids crawling around in it. And That's cool. Know. So it lives on in a much oh, yeah. more memorable way than just some you know sixteen year old kid beating the shit out of it. That's oh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I oh I parted it out. I mean there wasn't anything left of it anyway. But uh but yeah, that's gone. Um and what was it? About this time last year, I bought my Toyota buggy. And again, good parts list. Just this one was built well. It had just been wheeled for for years. So um, definitely needed a lot of work. Every single link in it was bent. Um, I ended up finding a hole in my rear transfer case that was just JB welded. I think a bearing went bad and punched a hole in the rear transfer case. I mean, it's a 93 Toyota and I'm six foot four, so I don't fit in it. <laughs> so did a ton of work. Um, I cut the, cut the dash out and reworked some of the cage and everything else just to move the dash forward so I could fit. Um, redid, redid the suspension in the front, um, adjusted my lower length. Um, the thing just, it makes me look like a good driver, honestly, and and I'm far from it. Uh, you know, it, it's, I, I'm like a a 16 year old getting laid for the first time. I just I just try and poke it wherever I can and just hope it goes. You know? <laughs> but it 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 works. Um, I'm thoroughly impressed with it. So it's sort of nice to be back in a Toyota. But then again, it's 
it's a it's a four cylinder so it has it's been swapped so it's not a 22 re anymore it's a 3rz which i think they're like 175 horsepower from the factory instead of like the 90 that the 22 re was um and it's got an a340 so it's it's got a engine swap out of like a 2000 tacoma four cylinder tacoma yep okay yep i know what you're talking about it's got an a340 which is the same as an aw4 um but i had put a trd blower on that because you know everything that i have has to be boosted (laughs) so but is is that the propane one no that the ranger's on propane so that's that's oh jeez, my gosh my brain that's not boosted right now and honestly around here getting forklift tanks filled is sort of a pain in the ass well, because that, that's what my question was going to be, because I heard that doing the propane and boost thing is kind of a weird setup because you can you can at certain point you don't have enough pressure from the propane to put enough fuel to the air mixture that you're going to need. So like you're kind of limited to what is it, like nine PSI or something like that yeah. before it well, starts getting even, fucky. Even well, I mean, on anything, uh, really on anything, um, unless you have a rising rate fuel pressure regulator um like boost reference fuel pressure regulator you gotta think you're charging the air below the injectors yeah no but you're gonna i mean because you can put a bigger fuel pump on fuel pump you know i mean like your fuel pump can push the fuel faster but you can't push propane or something like that like it's like it has like a relying on the pressure in the tank yeah so like Um, you're like limited to that right or something of the sort Terry Gleason, the guy that owns Got Propane, um, he's been turbocharging Toyotas forever, and he does a draw-through. So the propane mixer is on the inlet of the turbo. So you're pressurizing propane and air. Oh, shit. So then you're, you're cooling the air as it comes through, too, right? so you don't really you know there's no point in an intercooler well you really can't run an intercooler because there's a chance of an explosion right (laughs) that'd be sick (laughs) uh, so a buddy of mine here locally he had ran that for years um and he was running like 24 pounds of boost into a 22 re with water meth (laughs) oh shit yeah the the thing the thing worked um but he's he's got a bent fab chassis now that he's been working on for three years and it's almost done so uh i but the blower side of it, i don't understand turbos like tuning them and everything else setting wastegate pressures and shit like that it would have been cheaper and quicker for me to just put a turbo on this thing but i don't understand it so i mean toyota designed a supercharger for that engine i'll just buy that and you know five pounds of boost um right now it definitely livened it up a lot so um hell yeah fire roads at 45 mile an hour 50 mile an hour is nothing it soaks it up so that's fucking cool and they sound amazing so i respect it yeah yeah mine (laughs) Mine is not, it does not scream until about 4,000 RPM. So oh, yeah. it, 
I'm running a big pulley. If I put a party pulley on it, it it would be it would be loud because the bouncer is obnoxiously loud because it's running. I'm making like 18 pounds of boost with a whipple on that. So, um, but fuel's expensive. I always break it. It's uh, sort of a shop ornament at this point. So, because I'll never, I'll never get half of what I have in it back out of it. So. Um, there's no way. So, Bouncers ain't cheap, man. No, no. So, and then plus in today's standards, it's old technology. It's single shock on all four corners. And, you know, it's, well, the nice thing is, is it's light. It's 4,200 pounds with me in it. That's not too shabby. And a full tank of fuel. So it's but you gotta look at Timmy Cameron's new car with Tim in it. I think that thing weighs thirty four hundred pounds. Like he's his, he's the guy that had the uh, IFS bouncer right before his yeah. older car. Yes, his new car is like ultra four shit. Like yeah, rear Tim, rear mo- motor and shit like that, right? I don't I don't know. I just saw a little bit of it, but it's single shocked on all four corners. It's ten inch you know, diff. So like a Ford nine inch with 10 inch ring gear in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty nasty. And I think just like every other year, it'll be set for sale at the end of the season because he, <laughs> he'll build one and then race it and then sell it. And, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's that Toyota buggy. It, uh, it does work extremely well for what it is. Um, it's definitely surprising. I mean, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna tow one of your rigs out of the, out of the woods without overheating and probably breaking shit, but it, uh, it gets itself through the trails just fine. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that level of power. I'm just I'm kind of thinking back to the the Timmy thing. I just watched a video of him running one of the courses, and that dude was flying. He that that man has a death wish, and I respect it. Like he does some cool shit with his rigs. Um, but I've always been pretty impressed, especially with his old rig, the IFS car. And then it was like mid engine. Wasn't he sitting like right next to the engine on one of his old cars? So there was a. For a while, there was a lot of cars that were that way. Like the Outlaw buggy was that way. Um, like you sat right next to it. Like your left leg was, because I I want to say it was right hand drive. I could be wrong, but either which way, left left leg, right leg had to be on fire the whole yeah. time. Oh, I right believe hand. it. <laughs> but no, thank you. Mm-mm. I that was one thing I didn't like about that red dot was how close like everything was to that engine i know it's a small ass rig but yeah he but there's that really either the, you know what like those red dot buggies are works of art and i wish i had the money to buy the one that's on marketplace right now yeah like, the one going for like 80 or whatever and it's, it's still in pieces it's a deal it's like number 37 you Shit. know um, but there's, you know, I can wish in one hand and shit in the other and I'll still not own a red dot. So, 
They just gotta sell more uh, chassis to more Apple places, and you'll be good. Just keep just keep pushing yeah. them out. It'll be fine. It's only like was it like eight hundred? Come on, well, this is not that big of a deal. Just keep yeah. selling them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it it just there's no way. I've got I've got too many rigs as it is now. So <laughs> main on them, like obviously one's always in disrepair. Uh, <laughs> so I'll break one. Like for a while there, I'd break one and then buy another one to wheel it while I'm fixing the one, and then I break that one, and <laughs> it's the amount. Like I just realized the amount of money that I had in tires is stupid. Probably more than one of my rig or what my rig's worth. Yeah, because I don't even know what 43SX stickies go for now, but there's two sets of them sitting in the shop. So, um. Jeez. I mean, the kid won't go to college, but I got, you know, <laughs> dad's got cool shit, so. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, she does good in, like, the state's, uh, state testing or whatever and gets, like, a good scholarship. She'll be mint. Well, she's she's fortunate that her, her dad uh, her dad was a good target and uh, got the enemy target <laughs> badge. So oh she'll, go, she'll go to state schools, or, you know, Illinois State Colleges for free. So let's um, go, Dad. Good job, yeah. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's got that going for her. So, uh, do you think? Do you think she'll have any interest in uh, wheeling when she gets older? Like, does she show any current signs? I took her two weeks ago. Um, the only other time I had taken her was in the side by side, and that was like two years ago. Um, and she had a blast. But again, it was cold and everything else, and she, she was scared. She liked doing the uphill shit more than downhill. Makes like, sense. You got <laughs> to realize every every time we go up a hill, we got to go down. Go down it. <laughs> so, uh, and it got cold. It started getting cold and everything else, and it was you know drizzly and rainy all day. So we wheeled for eight hours, and uh, I mean she had a blast the whole time, but. I could tell she was getting cold, so we we ended up coming home. But she's definitely, I think she'll get into it. I'd like to build her, like, honestly, I could throw her in the Toyota buggy once she can reach the pedals, and she'd be just fine. That'd be cool. That's definitely something, as I get older and, like, think about kids, it's something that hopefully, like, you know, it's like you want your kids to enjoy the same hobbies you do so you can keep pursuing them, but then it's like, damn, they're their own person, so you gotta, like, play that balance game of where it's like, you wanna support them and their hobbies, but then you're, like, sitting there watching your three rigs rot, because then you're like, well, she has soccer practice, but I wanna work on my shit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, ever ever since I got divorced, I sort of felt like a piece of shit if I'd sneak out in the shop for an hour here, hour there. So I'm not getting as much shit done as I used to because I'd leave her in the house alone. She's like, well, your shop smells. Well, I, I fart out here, so I don't know what you <laughs> to do. Uh, like you can come hang out out here, you know, turn the TV on, do something. No, I'm, I'm okay. I'll just hang out in the house. So <laughs> she, uh, she comes back, come back me into coming back in. So, I did teach her, so she learned from me. But, but yeah. Um, but Graham, we were talking before you got here. My mm-hmm. two hundred five is stuck in low range in my Ranger. Oh, uh, it was freshly rebuilt, 
Do you think I just bent a fork? Or, uh... Mm. It doesn't make any noise. Does it, So it's it's working. It's in four it's low working. and working. It just doesn't shift. Yes. Um, what kind of shifters do you have on it? Did it so, shift before? Huh? Has it shifted before? Or oh, no? yeah. It shifted before. Before um, the rebuild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Well, I mean, I hadn't ran it before the rebuild. Gotcha. Um, so you rebuilt it, it now it won't shift. No, no. I wheeled it for a while. Mm. Broke, broke the frame rail on the Ranger. You know, halfway ripped the front axle out from under it. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I just can't get it out of low range. Um, but it's mechanical linkage for the 205. And then I have a cable shifter for the Magnum box. Gotcha. So, um, so I don't know if just the mechanical linkage is bound up. I really haven't crawled under it too much. I know that I had an issue with bending the, uh, the linkage yeah, for a while. That was um, going to be my, my first stab at it was, was either the, the shifter is bound up because the detents, the factory detents when brand new on those things. I don't know how they shifted brand new off the factory floor but they are tough to shift the uh if you don't have adjustable detents i'd recommend them because oh, then you don't part. have you don't have to have it be ridiculously tight yeah uh, there are I, I i think jb's i mean okay. i ordered my all my shifters and shit from him so mm -hmm. uh, yeah it, it's got adjustable detents and i might i i felt like i had them set too soft because you just bump the the twin sticks and it mm. it shift. So you could. But, I mean, so the other thing is with those is there's like there's a couple different things happening between. Is it? I assume it's um, twin stick, right? It's twin stick. Yeah. Yeah. So the is it new shafts or was were they cut shafts? Oh, they're it's all new shit. I okay, don't, I figured. I, um. I don't know. Maybe you got an issue with one of those, um, the pill-shaped bearings yep. or balls in between the um, the shifters, and something isn't sitting right, or something's stuck in there with those. Because if those aren't moving, I would think it wouldn't move. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't see how anything internally could have could have caused it to bind up like that. There's really not, unless you have gears touching gears that it shouldn't be touching which would make noises yeah yeah <laughs> so it, doesn't, would, it doesn't make it noises so yeah um i mean it's got to come out anyway because i got to pull the engine fans out to build new frame rails anyway so mm -hmm. i'll take it out and send it back to ryan and have him go through it so it should still be under warranty anyway so um yeah, easy enough i bet you it's something in that the 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 shift ball detent area yeah i honestly i haven't even pulled the the uh skid plate off yet to even look i might have just <laughs> tacoed the shit out of the out of the shifter arm <laughs> yeah that uh, was gonna be my guess simple. was maybe something was something got bent and you just didn't notice it yet. And you're just oh, like yeah. shoving it into like a solid piece of metal. And you're like, God damn, this fucking thing won't shift. <laughs> like, well, my, my luck is there's probably a, a piece of wood shoved up in there, wedging everything <laughs> up. But I mean, so Chris's core event that he was talking about last, last week, 
the ranger was at that last year it sat on my crawler hauler for probably a week until the event this year so i hadn't even touched it you know like i said i broke the broke the frame rail uh pulled all the all the threads out of my u-bolt eliminators on the front end of it on the driver's side of the axle so it was just sitting on that leaf spring we had to ratchet you know wrap ratchet straps around it just to get it off the trail um so it uh it just that it, it's been neglected for sure so it needs to i've just been slowly compiling parts to get it all fixed and it'll go uh it'll go under the knife here shortly and hopefully get all fixed but quick little snip here a little snip there and you're good yeah The so, uh, I'm sorry. no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, give him the official invite to the uh, the Web Wheelers Ball next year. You're only you're only like what twelve hours from Good Evening Ranch. Come and hang out and do it. Uh, I it's I think it's twelve or fourteen. I don't know where Chris got the the twelve hour thing because he's two and a half hours away from me. So I don't know further west than me. He's on the other side of the Mississippi River. So I don't know how he came up with like two twelve hours, but. I can find out really quick. I, I want to say it's close to 14, but I'm not afraid to uh, drive to do some good wheeling. So it's that definitely worth good it. wheeling. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, and the thing I like about it is that the trails kind of run together pretty well. So yeah. you can just kind of bebop around wherever you want to go through trails. Shit, dude, it's only nine hours. So yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah nine hours. That's how he got the twelve hours then. Yeah, the the you know, two and a half hours. So uh, <laughs> crazy how math works. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Not good at math, not good with computers. So uh, <laughs> explains the military <laughs> background. <laughs> 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 oh shit, that's funny. But yeah, All right, well, you don't have an excuse now. Curtis is driving ten, so like, oh yeah, we drive twelve. All right, I don't want to hear it. All right, yeah. after eight hours or whatever you are, Luke, you're close we, as hell to there. We, you you ride with Graham everywhere, so you sleep in the passenger seat, right? While Graham drives. Hey now, hey now. I only okay in the whole Hold twelve. Out. How how long did you think I slept? How long do you think I slept? Uh, I mean, you're awake for the beginning, but everybody's awake for like the first four hours. Um, that is bullshit. It was on. 4 a.m. by the time that I finally passed the fuck out and then woke up to us hitting the fucking no, section on Graham. the highway like it was a supercross track. Okay, <laughs> Graham, he's just not built different. It's okay. Oh, they have to sleep oh like that. My God, you guys are a mess. But no, next year I do not plan on just being Graham's passenger princess because this way better looking blonde than me is now taking up that spot. So I got to figure it out. Oh, on I got my a backseat. That's a good point. Wheel. Oh, dude, I'm definitely. <laughs> she sleeping might not even want to go. So you know that seat is always open, one or the other. I doubt that. It's a 2500. We got we got plenty of towing capacity for everyone. Damn, you calling me fat dog? Jesus Christ. Uh, it was, it was, oh, I'm going to need a 30. That was a little rough. Sorry. You're not. <laughs> I don't know, Cody. Have you ever ridden in the back seat of a second gen Ram, though? 
Uh, <laughs> it was a third gen, but no, not no, different, PC. very different. <laughs> yeah, very same. Their PCs are very, uh, 90 degrees. It's awesome. not only that, uh, but zero leg room in them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so here's how you get comfortable in a second gen. You sit diagonal across the seat with your legs in the passenger side. I'm I'm going in the Jeep. Y'all are crazy. He's got heated seats in that fucking thing. I'm hopping in the Jeep for the 12 <laughs> hours. I wouldn't be that would suck. Um but no no no. Next year I I uh there's going to be a very strong push to get my shit there. I I'm trying to make that happen. So something in April maybe not, but definitely mid-season to end of season if I'm not in a rig then I need to just quit the podcast and wheeling altogether and go play golf or something cuz it might be a little bit easier for me. <laughs> yeah, I I was going to say it sounds like the other podcast has actually wheeled more than you this year. Oh, I I mean if they went and did any then yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I respect. See, I always love when like when one of our guests comes on and then harasses me for that because then I know you've listened to the podcast because it's like son of a bitch. You haven't made a pegging joke. That's usually the number one that usually somebody makes a joke about. Um, but goddamn, that is that is funny. Um, but I, I, you're, you're gonna bring laughing. your uncle at all? So yes, <laughs> <laughs> that fucking reel made the rounds boy i had it the first time i saw it i was sitting in the office at work and that you know my employees were were there and uh, <laughs> i played it and two of them just looked at me like i had a dick growing out of my forehead what in the fuck are you watching dude i don't know I have no idea. fat mario looking dude with a mustache saying something stupid i don't know <laughs> Oh fuck! I just I just showed my sister that video. She's like, "What's wrong with you? Our uncles are all great. What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "God damn it! Never mind." <laughs> oh shit! Oh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, twelve hours. That's not bad. Um, the tw- honestly, even the eighteen down to Tennessee really wasn't terrible. And but we split it up. I don't think we'd have to split it up next year. I think we just leave at a normal time, Graham. Normal time, what not, mean? We not left 10 o'clock at night. Oh, we, we did left leave at 10, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, we left at 5 in my book. Right after work. We what? Hopped in the truck. It was like 6.30 <laughs> when you picked me up. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> you guys are fucking something else. We got there the same day we left. What do you, what do you mean? I ain't fucking nothing. It was all one way. day. We're like halfway through by the time we got there. Oh, jeez Louise. That Tennessee trip was good. Uh, so, are we going on Thanksgiving? Have we talked about this? I don't know. I gotta. Uh, I gotta do a few. Morgan's things Morgan's going. There. So yeah. Well, Morgan doesn't have to drive <laughs> eighteen hours. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now to hop at the passenger seat. Same with I'm Cody. I gotta. I gotta fix my Jeep a little bit. Uh, the truck needs some some little Love. things. An oil change. An oil change for sure. Uh, I've I've been running it pretty hard with with. It's probably still within the parameters of synthetic, but mm, we're not gonna push it. <laughs> um, and his leaking transmission fluid really bad from one of the lines. Not like 
not like have to fill it up, but it just it's it's pissing more. Is it one of the fittings? None. Yeah, it's one of the fittings on the the Jesus transmission Christ. cooler. So it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to. It's right below the turbo and. Is it like the uh, stupid push-in style that Jeep did with all the other, or fucking? Uh, not Jeep, I don't know. Or... I can't. I can only see the the whole apparatus. I didn't, and it was leaking on me, so I wasn't looking at it for too long. But I was just tracing the leak, and that's where it was leaking from. So I've got to do some. I'm actually looking up what that thing is now as we were talking about it. Funny enough, um, I was also looking at a carrier bearing and just other little shit it needs. And I should probably fix the brake. That's a little crooked and uh, just other random little shit. But if I have all that stuff done in, in time and I have the extra money, then why the hell not? Hell yeah. Um, so, wait. I was going to say, I was speaking back to Badlands. I know that we were talking about that earlier. Um, it's funny that you've mentioned that because a lot of those guys have mentioned that to us. Like, th that's the property to go to is there any others that are like worth going to out that way other than s'more uh i like flat nasty and flat nasty is only like 30 minutes from s'more but it is like party so it's it's basically central um, you know the middle part of america's uh good evening ranch you know they don't oh, close okay like more uh after you know 11 o'clock or whatever it is um you just you can wheel whatever it's it's under new ownership um so i think they have a shower house now but last time i went it was 100 percent just primitive they had one porta potty so you're oh, just, boy. basically um but yeah it's uh it's a pretty damn cool park um i don't even remember how many acres but it's got a little bit of everything um a lot of rock there's a lot of cool parks down in that part of missouri um there's moonlight racing which is a smaller park and it's all like dirt so like almost i i don't know it's uh like the rock breaks real easily so if like you could hit one obstacle today and tomorrow it could be completely different like you could walk it today and then just wad your shit up tomorrow um and then there's pruitt mountain down there there's a lot of places um a lot of newer places even that i haven't been to but there's buddies of mine that that love them so uh yeah that's uh I, I still think Flat Nasty is one of my favorite parks. I, I'd I'd go there over going to the Badlands um, every time. It's just, you know, twice the drive. Badlands is two hours from my house. Yeah, I think so, S'more is 24 from us, right, Graham? Good talk. Yeah, uh, about 24. <laughs> I mean, if you were just driving straight through, which is rough because it's a lot of flat like at least hills it gives you like something to look kind of focus on there's I mean, it's just when it, it was flat like i've seen flat but that shit was fucking flat going in and leaving once you get through or into ohio 
everything over here is just fucking flat, man. Yeah. Oh. Um, I don't know. Except- I complain about like New York and all that, but at least it's like something to do. Like you're dodging cars or going up hills and dealing with going, at least in a old truck, dealing with how fast you have to go down the hill to go up the hill and, and not lose fourth gear or whatever. And uh, just, it keeps you active and thinking about things. Whereas when you're just driving straight, you're like, there's the sun that's going down really slowly. <laughs> or wow i can see really far but there's nothing to see <laughs> well you must yeah. have half, half asleep for like the last two hours of the drive then because once you start getting getting down there in missouri it's it's a lot of hills and a lot of twists and it depends which route you go you, you know what i mean um we took the one with the really skinny bridges so you went through st louis Right. Mm, well, from Tennessee, as we so oh. we went through from Tennessee over what was that, Luke? The Mississippi. The Mississippi. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize we went over the Mississippi. Um, well, I I I just didn't think that was the river. I thought it was further west, but um, no, it's kind of like right near Mississippi. I don't know. I just didn't expect that I'd drive that far, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, there you were. Utah and Colorado? Like, how far out did you think Mississippi was? I don't know. Further than it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, that way was, was pretty, pretty flat from what I remember. Um, just cutting across all that. Going up through... What did I come... I went back through Indianapolis and all the oh, cities. Yeah. I was oh. told by some of the Illinois guys to avoid all that, but I just didn't because it was three in the morning and there was no yeah. traffic, anyways. And like, if you hit four sixty five at rush hour, you're fucked. Yeah, like fucked. But mm-hmm. uh, if you hit it, if you hit it at a good time, you can get right right around Indianapolis. So, um, but yeah. and then and that. Yeah, the way back wasn't too bad um, as far as like things to focus on, and there were there were it was rolling hills, which are nice, uh, keeps the old truck happy and my brain happy, and um, yeah, I don't know, it was dark, so I couldn't really see much. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to see out here, buddy. <laughs> Especially now that they they cut all the corn and beans, mm. so. I was admiring, I don't even think it was corn, but I was calling it corn in my head. I was about 14 hours straight driving, looking at fields in Ohio, (laughs) screaming about the corn. (laughs) You got 50% chance of it being corn or it's beans, you know, uh, corn and beans. Out this way, it's mostly tobacco. That's all we really see, just tobacco everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. and And the Hispanics dragging it around with the tractor trailer things first off racist second off <laughs> well it's just it's not i mean maybe no they're, is, they're mostly no they're mostly a lot of them are jamaican like 99 oh of yeah. okay yeah i i used to work at a tobacco farm so sorry yeah when you're younger you get in trouble with the law and you need to uh, at a tobacco farm you need to make some money you can work in tobacco <laughs> um Either way, uh, I definitely want to get out that way. I know, so I think some, I think, what was it, 
fucking uh, Curtis was the one that was telling us about Flat Nasty, right? That was Joan Art, I think. Because I don't remember Curtis ever talking about it. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm just dumb. I can't remember either. Who Um, knows? It's Curtis. He wheels like once every three months or once every six years. Who fucking knows? Um, and that was one of the ones that, like, I think definitely, I think that's where he did the fucking, he went up that super steep climb backwards, wasn't that? Or was that s'more? Or was that I thought that was I Badlands. I, I don't know. Badlands. Badlands. Jesus, you know, it's rough. I definitely want to go out that way, though. It looks like some cool wheeling. But something about that 24-hour time mark definitely would, uh, would irk the soul. Just driving straight for forever. Um. Well, yeah, if you make a week of it, and you stop at the Badlands, what did you say? That was like 14 hours? 15 hours? Badlands, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's somewhere around the, actually be further because if, oh, let me look it up really quick, fuck, hold on, un momento, por favor, um, so what you said, like, just take a trip out to the, is Indiana Badlands, Indiana, just, Badlands Off-Road Park is the easiest thing to search, but, like, if you make a week trip of it, you know, you drive for 15 hours, stop at the Badlands, camp for the night, wheel for the day, get up in the morning, you know, head, you know, further west. I'm trying to think flat nasty is six hours, five hours from my door. And then I'm two hours from the Badlands. So you're talking seven hour drive there. Um, and then wheel it flat nasty. And I mean, Seriously, it's only a forty. It's only forty-five minutes closer than S'more, I think. So yeah, it's not far from S'more, but there's other places um, closer, like Moonlight. I think Moonlight's only an hour further away from me than uh, than the Badlands is. It's I think. Really- I think that's how we're going to have to do it, honestly. We'll just have to, like, plan trips with the people out by that area and be like, hey, we're going to be out for a week. This is the plan. If you want to wheel with us at one of these places, feel free. And then just, like, just make it happen. Because same thing with out west. We were talking about that. Like, that might have to be a two-week plan. And just go hit, like, fucking Moab, Sand Hollow, then drop down to, uh, is it Grand Junction area in Colorado? Like, hit all those cool places, then come back and whatnot. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun. I, I honestly don't think any Moab wheeling is, is that fun. I mean, what what do you got to do? Dodge a mountain? Y- you know what I mean? Like, you're in the land of traction. There's cactus. So, yeah. There's spiky. Don't no, you can't drive that. over them. Yeah, you'll be, like, arrested. It's like a federal fence out there to run over vegetation. But if but, you do and it yeah. flings it up at you, you're going to get a, a you know, cactus I think- lodged in your ass. <laughs> I think it would just be more for the experience, honestly, God. Like, if we were going to do that... Just going and experiencing it so that way it's something to put under your, you know, put it right on your Boy Scout fucking badge of honor, if you will. Uh, not much of an honor, really, just sticking to everything, but still just for Their the fact. Merit of, badges? Yeah, 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 it's a merit badge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> badge of honor is that Jeep thing they do. Oh. Uh, well, Are you trying sense. to sign us up with the JKs? I thought you were different. No, I'm just you saying. You had a JK, like, you don't get saying- to talk. Yeah, damn. yeah, but I also have a shipbox XJ, and I don't yeah. have a JK anymore. You used to. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Once a JK owner, always a JK owner. Harsh but true. <laughs> That's why I wheel my garbage. It makes mm-hmm. me feel more like a man. It's great. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah something like that because i definitely think out like in the northwest would be a lot of fun to go and experience i think their style of wheeling would be like the closest to what we have in new england but with a lot more it's like a lot more trail riding isn't it with like then it, obstacles on the trails it is uh, at 100 percent yeah, like, which I think could be a lot of fun, and just you know, just another thing to add to the repertoire of things that you can say you've done um, and to have experience. I think that'd be a lot of fun, and honestly, it's content for us, right? Like, no matter like any new experience is going to be something good for us to chat about. So, like, I honestly probably my favorite wheeling experience was out wheeling at Moon Rocks, and I my rig was not anything ready for moon rocks but i had a blast yeah um and honestly if i had a chance to go back out to the pnw to wheel i would take that in a heartbeat because you gotta where is moon rocks again washington isn't it washington i I, yeah i I don't know because i wheeled all over I, i had wheeled in oregon i had wheeled in washington i had wheeled in idaho I was gonna say Idaho is right there. And I know that there's a few out or a few parks. Or, what, what, is it parks or is it state owned? I guess it's state- yeah, it's a park. I guess kind of. Either way, you gotta introduce yeah. us to some people out there. You know, give us give us some cool people to become friends with. To give give us a good know. To go out that way. I don't know any. I don't know anybody out there anymore. I think we have uh, one. All right, Moon Rocks looks pretty sick. I looked up some pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I had a second gen forerunner. Um, full-bodied forerunner on a mini truck front axle. It wasn't, you know, in 37s. It wasn't anything crazy, but it, at the time, it was, you know, a a pretty well-built rig. Uh, so I am almost 100% positive that my Toyota buggy had. It, it, I know it's a PN, you know, Pacific Northwest rig. Um, just the way it was built. Um, I bought it from a guy here in Illinois that bought it on his way to Moab in fucking Nebraska. So it slowly started making its way east. Um, and it's one of those rigs that had just changed hands so many times. And you can tell, like, you look at welds, like, oh man, that was TIG welded. And then this one looks like Ray Charles welded it with his feet. (laughs) <laughs> then wasn't that guy able to drive though so was he really blind was he i don't know <laughs> he was able to drive well, well okay i always get the two of the two of those musicians mixed up uh there was ray charles and then there was the other guy uh stevie wonder was steve wonder those blind too yeah one of those two dudes could drive or not like okay again now could he drive or has he driven i don't know like i know that there's a video of one of them driving in a parking lot does that i don't know (laughs) but either way i i hear you because i literally look like stevie wonder's guide dog taught me how to weld so you can definitely know when i'm welding something compared to graham or or marvell especially that motherfucker can weld (laughs) i just i it I mean, it, it sort of sucks, but I got into the rig for the right price. So if I have to do a little bit of work, I don't really mind. It just sucks cutting other people's bullshit out and uh, redoing it. 
But I'm sure I sell, if I ever sell something and somebody buys it, well, what the fuck is this motherfucker thinking? You know, because I'm not that smart. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the smartest dude ever. Uh, I'm actually pretty fucking dumb. So, uh, it, if it works for now, that's great. But, uh, I feel like that's every rig though. Like, <laughs> With with a a few exceptions, oh, yeah. there's definitely exceptions to that. But like ninety, say ninety five percent of rigs have like some weird fucky thing going on. Whether it was a trail fix or just something dumb, and it just worked. It just doesn't need to be changed. But then somebody obviously is going to go through if they buy. If you're selling a rig that you worked on, somebody's yeah. going to go through it, and they're inevitably going to find things that you did. They're going to be like, "What the fuck was this guy thinking?" And it just yeah. is what it is. <laughs> Can't always fix it. Worked for me. No I don't. I didn't have any problem. <laughs> well, the the temporarily permanent trail fixes. Um, oh yeah, those are always great. Like, oh, I I completely forgot that I fixed that with you know three Optimas and a coat hanger four years ago. <laughs> it worked fine up until it didn't. So. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm yeah. just thinking about like right now, I know that uh, one of those sketchy fixes on my rig was I took a piece of square tube and just wedged that against the upper link mount and plated the unibody behind it and just quickly burned all that together to hold my upper link mount in place. And it's it's doing its job still. Well, it'd, be, it'd be more work to cut it out and make it right than leave it. So just leave it. Yeah, it's yeah. like three sixteenths. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, if you got oxyacetylene, just wash that out, you know, right, right up against your, your sheet metal, uh, inner frame rail. <laughs> what wrong? So I, I don't know, but, but listening to last week, like Chris was all concerned about his rear suspension and I tried telling him, I'm like, dude, you're not racing. You know, if you're worried about your rig unloading, just center strap it, you know, <laughs> so, yep. put a center strap in it. Uh, I'm, I'm with Graham. I don't like suck down winches. Oh uh, yeah. I've got Glad buddies on the same page. It's, it's, it's a bandaid, you know, like you're, you're, no, it's a tool in the tool. No. Shed. Come on boys. Yeah. Come on. Come on. If your suspension set up like shit. Yeah. Put a, put a suck down winch on it. It's, it's easier than adjusting link mounts, but, uh, but I am definitely not opposed to center strapping it and limiting you know, overall down travel, but, uh, you know, yeah. articulation is where it's at. You don't, you know, especially on that hill climb, it was, it was definitely sketchy. When Chris said he stood it up, his taillights were, were on the, on the, on the ground. Um, and I know the guy that built it. So I was sort of concerned about his, his health and well being. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> So, uh, but it, that, that scout works extremely well for the, the, uh, the amount of time he had put into it to build it. Um, it, it was definitely impressive. So, so, and he's just an all around good dude too. So I can't knock that guy. Um, I also love scout builds. Like I ha definitely have a soft spot in my heart for scouts. So it's mm. always fun to see when cool people do cool shit with them. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we'll definitely have to once we try to get out that way. We'll definitely have to hit you and him up and uh, try well, to make I something happen. I think it's pretty much a go for us to go out to the web wheelers. So yes, sir, it's growing even bigger. I, you know, it's it's gonna be scary when it gets to a point where we're like we actually have to make this like an official thing with the landowners wherever we do it. Like that's gonna be very odd, and like then we're gonna that's gonna mean less wheeling for us, which makes me sad. You know, <laughs> if it actually we've got another it. year if we keep growing at this rate. I think so too. I think once we hit over the 150 rig range, <laughs> I think I think at that point we have to be like, hey, what day works I think best over the for 100. you? Yeah, you think? Yeah, 100 rigs well, is a lot of rigs. Yeah, honestly, you could figure out what it costs to have a private event at like the park at good evening or something like that you, then you we'd have to change the weekend because yeah, yeah it'd, it'd have to fit their schedule at that point yeah. yeah hmm i think i think that could be fun i think if we get over that 100 mark range we would have to do something to like show appreciation for the people who are showing up you know like currently it is mostly like close friends like i mean we knew i say what 90 percent of the people that were at that park that weekend um, yeah for with with rigs you know we'll say in reason because there was a lot of families that were just camping and whatnot who cares about them right like they're just there to sleep and hang out um but like i think we'd have to i think it'd be a lot of fun to actually like bring people together i think that'd be a good time so instead we're just not like high-fiving as we pass each other in the woods <laughs> I, I mean honestly if you do like an event weekend you could pre-sale tickets and you know say okay well we'll charge twenty dollars a day whatever if you make it twenty five dollars a day and then say like saturday you want to do an appreciation thing like dinner or some bullshit just have it catered in catering food is not that expensive it's a really you know good point I mean? and it stays warmer longer and it like it yeah. works it makes flow of people pretty good do anything you meet a guy at the gate and you give him money and he gives you food and then you just set it out like it's not I mean, now we're like getting professional that means like everything can't be thrown together at the last minute <laughs> i don't know how i feel about this it's a wheeling trip have you ever went on a thoroughly thought out wheeling trip because i sure as fuck haven't Definitely yeah. not. Good. Definitely Good. not. I was, I was scared for a second. What the? What yeah. the? <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, glad yeah. we're nobody's thinking or nobody's thinking about too much. Yeah, because uh, you start planning it, and there's going to be 20 dudes, and then two months later, it's you and one other guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? It. That's just how it goes with with my group of friends, at uh, least. Sounds and, familiar. Yep. So, uh, I I don't know. I've got. I've got a trip planned on the 11th and we'll see how many people actually show up. So I, I just gotta, I gotta put the rear axle back together before, I mean, it fucking rigs not even off the trailer yet. I have a problem with breaking shit and just leaving it on the trailer. So, uh, I gotta, now that it's cold, I can't really, I don't want to work on it outside. So I gotta get it off the trailer and get it in the shop. But, mm. but yeah, so, <laughs> I should have known better than to uh, expect a Dana 60 rear to hold together is, hmm. uh, 
as as long as it did, but I bought Shaft for it, so it it's gonna have to live a little bit longer, I suppose. Eh, but, just you know, kick it a couple times and it'll come back to life. Well, I I had ordered all the shit. I was standing right next to it talking to Chris, ordering shafts and everything. And then I gave him my credit card number and I looked to the left and there's a trust locked, you know, 14 bolt that I could easily just throw in it. But, uh, but I, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, Here we are. Yeah. But that rig's so light. I I mean, granted axle weight isn't a bad thing, so it could have, it would have helped out, but. I will say I do like the Dana 60 U's. They're kind of a cool axle because they're uh, factory bored out for the 32 spline, but a 35 spline fits in without having to bore them. They're disc brake and they're just kind of an okay and cool axle. Is that the the van ones? Yep. Yeah, as you say, I know that the van ones were very different. They're not very different, but like had some pretty unique shit done to them. Are those the full floater ones? Yep. Or are they semi-float? No, They're full-float oh, no. and semi. The 350s, full-float, 250s, semi. So mm-hmm. that's that's a Ford van? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I never, I never really thought about that. So mine's a Chevy van 60. And I was telling Luke and Cody, before you got on here, Graham, I ordered shafts, and granted, they're cut to length. You know, mm-hmm. so there's eight inches of spline. I cut them down, slid them in, went to bolt them up, and my bolt circle was completely wrong. So it's not an eight on four inch bolt circle like, you know, I thought it was. It It's a van rear axle, apparently, because both shafts are the same length. And so I got pulled up old threads on pilot or pirate and sure as shit it's a van axle because it's got a eight on three and three quarter bolt circle on the hubs so Mm -hmm. and nobody makes dana 60 hut or aftermarket hubs i was just going to order some billet hubs but uh i had to buy a whole nother 60 just to rob the hubs off of it jesus (laughs) so that's a pain in the ass well i know isn't it the same thing with the single rear wheel uh 14 bolts or something like that there's it's some where they're weird. really hard to find. Because yeah. I remember I had to grab a set for for Mike Pambianco out in Long Island because he, you know, couldn't find them anywhere. And this one wait, dude, one old dude what? was selling them. Pambianco's in Long Island. Why would he call you to grab them? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying that he is in Long Island. And he, oh, he oh. Was call- he was talking to me and Colin about uh, a set up in like southern new hampshire or something because he couldn't find them anywhere else and it was just this old dude who didn't want to sell it to somebody over the internet so i just went there with 50 dollars, and he gave me the the hubs and then i i drove them down to him or i i think i shipped him or i drove him i don't remember i had to pick they, stuff up from him so. so are they like metric metric 14 bolt hubs or i don't know what was weird about them or it's not a weird part like it's it's an yeah. odd thing to for them to not be like to not have an aftermarket uh, option for, but I guess the spindles are just really hard to come by. That is weird because I know Sunfire makes billet hubs for a actually extremely decent price because I put those on the bouncer. Mm. 
Um, solid does not, unfortunately, because they're, I mean, they're in Indiana. So, um, I try and order as much shit from them as I can, but just they make being, good shit. Yeah, they're local and they're you know a smaller company. So, but and then anything else that I can't find, I always call Stan because from Brannick because he's two hours away and you know I'd rather drive out there and shoot the shit with him than even pay for shipping. Granted, diesel fuels what you know, four twenty five a gallon here or something. It'd be cheaper to ship it, but <laughs> uh, if I can take a, take a day off work, I'll take a day off work. So, yep. Uh, oh, okay. Gonna... It is a sixty SRW hub. It, it's oh. not a fourteen bolt. It's it's a Dana sixty hub. That okay, was okay. That makes before. sense. So, what you were talking about is just hard. Weird part to find. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I would have known that because I could have just thrown a truss on it and threw some 488 gears in it and welded up the spiders and been fine. But, mm -hmm. well, no, because it's a 8 on 170 bolt pattern, isn't it? Uh, up to 2004 was 8 on 6.5. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, they swapped to, the vans in 05. I will have to uh, remember that shit then. Yeah, if you get one of the mid-90s disc brake models, they're pretty... Or, like, late-90s disc brake models, it's going to be 8 on 6.5 with factory discs and all that bullshit. Well, that... Uh, we'll see how long this these 30 spline shafts last. Because I didn't even break the splines. It broke the hat off the uh off the shaft my big thing though is if you're going to go through that much effort to swap something i would just throw a different rear axle in. oh it. yeah i've got like i said i've got a you know a 14 bolt that's ready to go that i was going to put in the yj buggy but i just don't have time to build another rig or really need another rig if yeah anything, then that's what i would do if anything i'm going to build a full-size rig that can fit you know five or six people with heat and air conditioning you know so heat and air conditioning's underrated it yeah yeah i mean i i don't have a trailer rig with air conditioning i i mean no i don't have a, a rig with heat either i take that back so you see you just gotta take you know rip off the heat shielding and then you'll have plenty of heat it'll be fine yeah 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm hoping I get the windshield put in the, the cab of the Toyota within the next week or so because it's going to be uh, relatively chilly on the on the weekend of the 11th. It looks like so. Uh, you know, it's completely open air. There's no glass in it at all. So just something to break the wind a little bit would be nice. But, yeah, I'm excited that my Jeep's keeping its heater. So, yeah. are you, you taking glass out of it, or are you leaving the windscreen? For this trip, I'm not taking all the glass out of it. But when I go to build the spreader bars, the windshield's coming out. Just because of how close I built the original cage, it can't stay in. Yeah, the tube has to go where it is. 
you might regret that later on, but you're far, far enough south where it's not ridiculously cold. So <laughs> it gets down into the 30s and the oh, 20s man. sometimes, but that's not that terrible. You have yeah. to bundle up. Yeah. And the rig some, does have heat. Yeah. I, say, I got some snowmobiling gear that you can borrow if you really need it. I got you. <laughs> he still has a windshield for now. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, like, if we need to make it happen, I got you. We can keep you warm, bud. We'll I was literally thinking about that earlier um, earlier today on my drive back from the office. I was like, shit, I got to put windows back in it because it's going to be cold this winter. <laughs> <laughs> does yours have heat, Graham, or is it all that does, shit? but it's kind of, I don't know. It, it's been working better, but it was clogged, and it magically unclogged itself. It used to not work at all. Uh, well, didn't and, you run that Jeep for like two months with no water in it? That, not no water. It had some water. Uh, <laughs> it didn't have enough to, to heat up the heater listen, core. Listen, <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. There's no flow through the heater core, there's no heat. <laughs> Is that, that was, how that, that works? Was, that, was, that was Ronald 2.0? No, Ronald 1.0. 1. 1. That was that the first was 1. one. 0, yeah. uh, I mean, it had other problems. Technically, it never died. Uh, what killed it was the crank position sensor number two went out on it. Um, the first one, it ate. Was this the, the cam one, or the just, crank? Sorry, cam position sensor. Um, the second one, it just kind of like silently died. It didn't have a, a really... Nothing was crazy wrong with it. I just... I couldn't get AutoZone. The what happened was I had a trip coming up. Couldn't get AutoZone to get me a part. It took me two weeks to for this one AutoZone. This is why I always I go through O'Reilly's. Like I don't AutoZone like is just just terrible. That store for whatever reason just was just kept pulling me around. I've ordered two of them. They took they had like two hundred dollars or more of my money in these stupid sensors, and they're like, oh no, I don't know. It never showed up. Of course, it's this little tiny thing because it's just the cap. Like all I need is the yeah. top piece. So they were like, oh, no, I don't see it. I don't like, and every time I'd go in, I talked to the manager and all this shit and they just never had it. And I had a trip coming up and I was like, if it's not that cam position sensor, then, then I'm fucked. I need to start changing the motor. Uh, so that's what I did. And of course I put the motor in with the other cam position sensor from the old motor to just to see, right. And of course it was bad. Um, so a new one from O'Reilly's, they had it in the store uh, they didn't have to order it from the the mothership or wherever, um, <laughs> and that one ran. But technically, the other one, even though it had a blown head gasket, no cool, no cooling in it for quite a while, and uh, it sounded like a Jehovah's Witness getting catapulted multiple times at the door. Uh, <laughs> it it still ran and it still had power, like. I was driving it on the road up until it just stopped running. Like it just because the cam sensor just died. But it was a good motor. Speaking and now of, it sits in Marvel's yard, slicing trailer tires. Oh, I forgot about that mess. Yeah, it hides in leaf piles and, and pounces on them. <laughs> Mind you, motor is bright yellow and red. Very hard to <laughs> hide, but somehow still managed to happen. Well, it's the color uh, of the leaves, so. It, all it right you got yeah. me there yeah. you got me there i'll i'll concede to that that's fucking hilarious uh speaking of parts like taking forever i had to order an ignition coil for a leaf blower at work they told me two to three days 
four weeks for a fucking ignition coil. Four fucking weeks. So if you ever had to order something what from store? Steel, uh, so it's Taplin, which is like uh, the local place, but they had to order it from uh, st- like Steel, like you know Steel S T I H L. You you've never done yard work. Never mind. You probably yeah. wouldn't know. Oh, um, still, yeah, like like the with the little H and the L and yeah, they're. Yep, that's how letters work. Yep. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, four fucking weeks. I couldn't fucking believe it. That's shit's crazy. Just call up know. Jeff Bezos and get one off Amazon. It'll be there the next day. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I got him on. You know, I got him on the telly. I'll just give him a ring. He really hand quick. delivers like, every every package. You didn't know, dude. He's like Santa Claus. What a guy. <laughs> he's just making it happen out here. <laughs> Alrighty. Well. We're kind of getting to a slow point now. We're slowly losing conversation here. Um, so, Mr. Dave, Speak Mr. Dave. Yourself, I know. Uh, hey, well, then you better get <laughs> them vocal cords rocking, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Mr. Dave, before we uh, slowly start wrapping stuff up here, do you have any final questions or concerns or thoughts? Concerns? Uh, well, not really. Uh, sort of put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> no, no, I just figured. Every I, time. We ask this question every time, and it's always like a. Huh, no. <laughs> no, no, not really. Not- <laughs> By your second time, next time you come on, I bet you'll have plenty of things where you're like, fuck, man, I should have said that. God dang it. They asked me, and I wasn't ready. Um, do you have a small animal fact? That's always a great one to throw right on you. You got uh, one for us? No. I, oh, I really, oh, this I guy's the worst. I, I, I thought about it, but I, I really don't. Nah, that's quite all right. At this point, we just throw it in like a monkey wrench every once in a while and make people uncomfortable when we ask it. It's pretty great. I, got, um, I don't have a fact, but I've got a, a small animal statement, and it's not really, it's just sort of something I've noticed on my drive to the office. There is an animal. It's not a raccoon. I don't know what it is, if it's like a beaver or what, but it's on the side of I-90, uh, rigamortised up, but it's like totally spread eagle, and I can't figure out what it is. It's I've driven past it, hog, dude. <laughs> oh, it's too. It's bigger than a groundhog. It's like kind of barrel chested with really small like arms that don't hands that aren't. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Groundhog. Yeah, it's like the size chugger. of a raccoon. Yeah, no, chugger. it's not a possum. Uh, it's not gray. It's it's brown. It's like then a it's beaver, a woodchuck. But... Then it's a here. Wood- I am with some motivational shit for the end of the episode. We're talking about rigor mortis up woodchucks. What <laughs> the eagle. fuck? Don't, don't forget the like, eagle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, arm, the arms are like out. That's why it keeps catching my eye every time. I'm not looking for it, but every time I go past it, I'm like, oh shit, there it is. What is that? <laughs> oh shit. Is your animal fact? Uh, spread eagle woodchuck. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, on that note, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Please, if you can, head over to any of your listening platforms and go and put a little five star rating, make a fucking comment or anything like that. We'll love it. Review. You know, if it's a funny enough review, I'll happily read it on here. So if you get going on some funny shit, I'll make sure that everybody else sees it. Uh, But again, thank you guys for listening. Dave, do you have any social media that you use or not really? Uh, I'm on Facebook, just Dave Hanson, and then on Instagram, it's oh, it's just Dave. I think Alrighty, I'll tag you in the post when we make it. Perfect, perfect. Well, if you guys are interested in checking out Dave on any social media, feel free to go and do that. And on that note, on that note, uh, one of the things that will help you be happier in life is learning to enjoy the small steps in the process. Sometimes it doesn't have to be like the 
coolest thing ever, but just enjoy doing tube work. Makes life easier. Or looking at roadkill on your drive to the to work. What the fuck? <laughs> enjoy the